Tales into the Aged Action Group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. It does have to be away, and you are listening to Raise the Roof here on 3CR 855 AM. This is the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. My name is Shane. I'm alone in the studio right now, but I'm going to be joined a little later by my co-host Fiona. But the main thing that we have today, which I'm quite excited to share with you, is an interview with Bernie Duff. Uh, Bernie was actually the first uh, paid full-time member of staff at HAG uh, back in the early 90s, and we're going to hear a bit from him about some of that history and some of the lessons that history has for housing justice today. So I'm here with Bernie Duff, who I understand was HAG's first full-time uh, paid staff member. Is that right? Yes. The... um. When, when was that, or when did you first get involved with HAG, and, and how did that happen? Um, I, I was actually employed uh, as a full-time worker for HAG in 91, um, but I had been involved with HAG before that. Yeah, I worked as a youth services officer for the city of Frankston um, in 1982, 83, 84, 85. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I came across HAG through um, through my work as a council officer with the Human Services Department. Um, I think my first contact was um, I was actually going to meet with all the other housing workers and other agencies. Um, Chris Herford, the housing minister, had been brought down by Bob Chinnerworth, the local member for Frankston, Labor member. And uh, I remember him saying, at an introductory remark, um, well, uh, it's nice to be here in Frankston. I have two filing cabinets in my um, portfolio. One is for the whole of Australia, and the other is for... Um, Maureen Donnelly and the Housing for the Age Act. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, uh, I knew, I'd heard about it. But, um, and then we got to know each other and others through that process, through that regional housing council, right. which well, were great services, exposing the need of people, my interest at that time or my role was to work with young people mm-hmm. and um, many young people were presenting and homeless and the crisis at that time. Um, I supported their HACS campaigns because the housing officer at the city of Frankston, she told me of this uh, event where uh, Bert Cliff, uh, an older person, seeking public housing, and Pauline and Eric Bacon, two residents from Frankston, in the private rental market also wanting housing. And she thought, well, we now have a group. And uh, she brought them together, and uh, they brought the housing council in. 
and that I believe that's where it had its embryo out of that um, right. situation. Yeah, in 1982. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said that you your professional interests were mostly around younger people's homelessness, but were, were you involved in or concerned about older people's housing issues at all before that, or was it? Well, I, I had been. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yes, of course. I, I had been involved with um, um, housing. Um, and the housing sector earlier than that, because I'd worked as a community education worker in uh, South Melbourne, and uh, there was an incident where a young girl had presented from the high-rise flats at the local school there, um, where someone had suicided. Mm. Um, it became fashionable to um, at Park Towers, the notorious public housing estate. So we went. I went in there on a project with the um, Uniting Church, the Education Department, and the Council, and we visited all the residents in the high rise, and and um, it was uh, just an amazing experience. Thirty stories of multi um, multi. Um, ethnic groups and of people in all sorts of situations. Mm. And we got them, They, the building was run down and uh, we got um, them organised. They formed a tenants association, and I think one of the first ten, uh, public tenants associations in Victoria. Mm. And um, they were successful after we wrote a report to the Ministry of Housing and they um, went from to the second in the state improvement program. So that was that was um, my introduction, really, to the housing sector. Mm. So it was very paramount in my mind at the time of going in there. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, I'd be interested to hear about just what HAG was like at the time that you were first getting involved or first starting to work mm. for them, and especially any mm. good anecdotes or stories that you'd like to share with the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were just uh, amazing. Um, they had, even when I was uh, working um, in uh, South Melbourne and previously in Fitzroy, um, I'd heard of the squatters' work in uh, raising the uh, issue of homelessness and in lack of public housing and in Frankston and the role of. Um, various activities that the Housing Council had been involved in. So then, um, yeah, I found, you know, it was, you know, that we're in making a, a um, raising a, a profile for the first time that I, I was aware of. Hmm. And this was also happening in the western suburbs as well. But there were very few uh, coordinated um, groups. Uh, there were the, the public uh, for example, the Public Tenants Union um, uh, had not been established, but then they were finally after 1982-83, that period roughly. Mm. But uh, if, in my role at the council, you know, and then I became the housing council worker and um, one of my responsibilities was to resource the housing for the age action group. And 
many of the people were housed and um, understandably when people are involved in groups and they get housed, that's their whole objective. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, haven't the time to um, keep advocating for other older people. So new people were added and um, we had a regional group and people from other areas became involved as well in in HAG. Um, and we put in submissions for funding, uh, finally got a grant from the Office of Fair Trading for $6,000, mm-hmm. a very small amount, but we're able to employ a worker for a few days a week, uh, two or three days, I'm not sure exactly now from memory, but her name was Vivian DeRaven. She was really quite a pleasant young woman who worked very well with the older people and had a sensitivity for their needs. Mm. And um, we um, uh, then uh, then we had community education activities in the in the region. And one activity about 1986 or seven, I think, it's an A7 maybe. I was at the Springvale Council one day and an older person's um, education day, and this woman comes up to me. Her name was Molly Hatfield, and um, we and Molly was said, "Oh, amazing!" She came to the group, got involved. Her and Vivian worked very well together, and um, the group began to grow, and uh, its influence expanded. And um, Molly's dynamism was uh, something special. And her links to the Older Persons Action Centre and the Union of Australian Women in Ross House, and they all campaigned to help us uh, get uh, statewide funding. And um, that's what happened. But there were many, many activities we were involved in. We participated in the uh, home show every year. We had we would have, for example, the No Home Show. <laughs> outside and um, we produced booklets um, the earliest booklet for HAG of course was produced by the Housing Council and through Maureen's work when the buck stops but um, after several years and five years later not much had changed <laughs> so we produced another booklet called The Buck Ain't Stopped <laughs> So what, what were those books talking about? They were talking about the plight of older people in there, unable to access public housing or unsuitable housing. Um, and they um, highlighted individual person situations. For example, women who had been abandoned or older people who didn't have the resources to get into home ownership, um, very much at the mercy of the system. Mm. And uh, then I was commissioned to do research into singles housing in Western Port and produced a booklet called uh, Singled Out in Western Port, again highlighting um, the needs of older um, residents and tenants in the 
But they were, you know, there were um, numerous campaigns, <laughs> actions, mm-hmm. knocking on politicians' doors, and um, as many opportunities to get into the media and to raise the profile of uh, disadvantaged older people. What what would you say were Hag's biggest achievements or successes in that that period? Well, I think uh, in that period or uh, throughout. Either either way, both, all. Yeah, yeah. I think think the uh, Hag really... um, Well, there were other groups who were concerned about older persons' housing. But um, there's no doubt about that. And people responded in different ways. People raised funds or they did it through a church or a philanthropic organisation. But they were targeted to a few people. But PAG raised the issue of the majority of older people, all older people, regardless of their race or gender or anything else. And... Um, they provided a forum for older residents, which was most important, where older people would come, share their stories and get support um, while they were waiting to access housing. And in, empowering them too, you know, to, to seek justice and to, like for example, just accessing the Residential Tenancies Tribunal. Mm-hmm. And some of the work that was done by the tenant support workers was just outstanding. Uh, throughout the state, and a lot of those services don't exist anymore. Um, it was um, they were able to expose, uh, with other organisations, of course, that the plight of older renters in rooming houses. Mm. Um, there was no legislation, and we were uh, part of that process to bring a, to actually develop with the, the rooming house association. Um, legislation and also at the same time uh, caravan park residents who had no status they couldn't vote for example and it was because of the action and dynamism of groups like HAG that um, brought it to the profile of the public and the politicians generally mm-hmm. um, what ended up was not often what we set out to achieve because <laughs> The restraints, you know, those profit-driven um, housing sector is scandalous, really. Um, we, we produced these books to highlight the, the need. And, we, you know, we, we found that out of that, those actions, uh, people joined the group and... We gave a like a, an opening or an access to to the powers to be through not only in public service, for example. Uh, we would go to the um, pre-budget um, ca- actions we'd have in um, Canberra prior to the budget coming down each year, with the squatters' union and other interested groups. We'd meet the public servants, we'd explain to them what the needs were and then try and meet the politicians. And often some of the negotiations happened on the lawns outside of the old Parliament House. Mm. Um, 
we had a campaign during the international year of um, homelessness, Dudley Flats, and um, some interesting work was done. We had a, a whole village reset there had the media came. But there were actions like that that caught the imagination of the media uh, because they didn't... Uh, they were, the media becoming reluctant to um, gimmicks. Uh, they wanted... But all the time trying to find ways to raise the price of older people mm. and through research as well. So it was quantitative and qualitative. Mm. Um, do you think that the... Then, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And then also the you know, assistance with care and housing for the age. A lot of that emanated out of hand. You know, we, we uh, campaigned uh, uh, federally and to get support. And finally, in 1995, uh, we pioneered the launch of, with Kim Beasley, the uh, acting prime minister at the time, launched the city of Frankston. And Hag, uh, we were able to finally get uh, other workers. <laughs> it was a single worker until then, yeah. and then we were able to get six more workers involved with Hag, yeah. and that all did amazing jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We we're able to yeah expose the corrupt um, dealings of some providers. Um, and often got us into a little bit of trouble. But the, the hag has always been fearless. And people like Molly and Edith Morgan and um, Ruth Crow from the mm. Union of Australian Women. Um, just uh, wonderful um, human beings who made many personal sacrifices to um, raise the, um, the needs of older people. It's a scandal. Even today, not much has changed, really. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you, do you oh, see okay. that the main issues in older people's housing have, have changed over time? I guess you've already answered this. Or, or are they largely the same? Or, or what are the differences or similarities? Well, I, the, the, I, I, I'm sure that many people have been housed. And the, the programs that have been developed... I mean, they're so numerous. Um, my my concern is that uh, we we used to have a Ministry of Housing, and after the war, this was established, and uh, we built houses. Um, and um, and there was um, some optimism uh, after that crisis, and after the depression, and many great. Um, works uh, papers were produced like even way back in 1933 you know you got people like uh, um, Oswald Barnett who um, exposed the problem of the slums in uh, in Melbourne and uh, I, I, I just wanted to share this because I think it's very relevant today with the current election that been coming up it, it uh, in the introduction to that report, the Reverend Irving, Irving Benson, I'm surprised to be quoting Irving Benson, but he says this, it is our duty as citizens to stimulate public opinion in our areas and to support progressive actions on the part of the government. 
we ought to be willing to cheerfully to pay increased rates for the removal of the slum evil. Something must be done, but it will only be done when we realise that we are the people to do it. He's essentially saying we need to tax us, mm. uh, tax some people. Um, and here we have an election coming up, no one talking about increasing taxes, of course. When <laughs> um, Bob Hawke, you know, back in the 80s, uh, with you know, all the greatest intention in the world, he was going to remove child poverty. Well, they did reports into that. And how can we do that, he, he said. And I'm sure he wanted to bring about that change. But they came back with the solutions were... Uh, by Yates and uh, Judith Yates and Walsh, where, you know, we you need to um, have an imputed rent or if you have a, a benefited a lot previously, um, there has to be a cost. But there isn't that determination in our society, I believe, and that, that is fundamentally the, the, the problem, hmm. you know. Do you, I mean, you've mentioned the election that's coming up. Do you see that as an opportunity yeah. for change at all? I think it's a, a, a wonderful opportunity, and we've just had an amazing opportunity for change with COVID. I know this you know, doesn't sound sounds weird, but um, here was an opportunity, just like after the war, if if both parties and uh, collectively we said, look, um, let's have a bipartisan approach to this great problem of homelessness in this country and the supports that people need. And, uh, you know, there's an old saying, you know, um, there, are, there are four things that won't return. One is uh, a, spoke, a, a spent arrow. Two, a spoken word. Three, um, a sent email. <laughs> Fourth, a lost opportunity. <laughs> and I believe that has been as, as the funding from the Commonwealth has gone into the private sector. Let the market determine. Well, we can't trust the market. The market's about profit. And um, the most vulnerable have suffered. Um, and it's a, a human um, rights issue. It's, it's certainly a, a, a housing justice issue. Mm. Um, you know, we, we really, um, people, I, I think I'm, it's sad, but we, you know, often being, we've pointed up the need and we're very good at expressing the need. And, and as people tell their stories, you know, we, we empathize, we can respond. But the fundamental problem is um, the need for a restructure of our financial system. How can it be that now I own my own home, that I can get another home, I can borrow money from the bank, and I can put my neighbour who's in a, a, a desperate situation into that house, and the benefits that come, such as rent assistance, etc., I can attribute to myself. This is not a very fair system. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, and we should do a check on the uh, politicians, those who are, are not responding. I mean, 
how are they um, investing their resources in the pro- in the property market? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So, mm. to, to finish up, I, I wanted to ask just what, what advice would you give to people who are getting active today around housing issues? Well, I, I think the uh, I think people need to organise. You know, it um, it you know. There's strength in numbers, definitely, and we need to be to educate, to educate ourselves, and to articulate, especially to the public generally, and to government, um, and then to have some action. I mean, what we used to do at Hag, we'd have these house chats, and people would come. And people would say, well, what's the issue? And people would tell, talk about the issue. They would discuss the issue. And then before we never just leave the issue there, it was always, what, having discussed this, what will, in the consensus, what will the decision be? And we decide, and there will be an action. That's where the ha- action came within HAG. Housing for the Asian action to act upon these decisions. Um, well, thanks so much for your time today, Bernie. Uh, That's okay, we are going to hear a community service announcement and then mm-hmm. we'll be back with some more discussion. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986, and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. Uh, you're still listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR. Uh, I'm talking now with Fiona, also from HAG. And Fiona, can you tell us about the general meeting that we have coming up? Yeah, so every three months we have a meeting of our HAG members and supporters. And this month we've changed the format a little bit because we want to focus on the upcoming federal election. So instead of our usual Thursday meeting, we've moved it to... Tuesday the 10th of May at 11 o'clock and it will be both in person and via Zoom depending on what people prefer Um, and the focus is really what members can do to raise awareness or um, raise the profile of older people's homelessness with the politicians and the candidates who are running for the federal election. So we have a whole bunch of ideas about how people can get involved ranging from um, letter writing to handing out our scorecards um, to go into candidates forums and asking questions a whole bunch of things and we really would love people to come along and find out how they can get involved so if people are interested they can contact our office which I'm sure Shane has the number handy you can give it out in a moment but otherwise you can jump online to our website we have an event up there and yeah we hope to see people at Ross House, which is very conveniently located right near Flinders Street Station in the city, 
on Flinders Lane. That's 247 Flinders Lane. And it will be held in the Jenny Florence Room on Level 3. Also, we will be having um, the option for people to dial in via Zoom or dial in using their usual telephones or mobile phones. So heaps of ways, heaps of ways for people to get involved and fired up about housing this election. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Fiona. Um, so I, I will give out those phone numbers if people have got their, their pens or their notes app or whatever it is that you're going to use ready. Uh, so if you want to come to the general meeting or find out more about becoming a member or, or getting involved more generally, the best number to call us on is 03 9654 7389. Uh, or if you're an older Victorian who does, who's got a housing issue yourself that you want to talk to someone about, get some advice about or some help with, uh, the best number for that is 1300 765 178. That's 1300 765 178. Uh, the website, if you want to check us out there, is oldertenants.org.au. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter if you use those things. Uh, Twitter, apparently bought by Elon Musk uh, yesterday, so it could be, could be all over, uh, but who knows? Uh, in the meantime, you can still follow us. Um, thanks very much, Fiona. We are out of time. Is there any last words that you want to leave our listeners with this week? Uh, no. no. I'm really looking forward to hearing the interview that you did, so can't wait to tune in and hear it myself. I'm sorry I couldn't be there to listen to Bernie. He's a great talker. Well, that's all right. So we're going to finish up today with a bit of Archie Roach. This is I've Lived... I've, sorry, I've Lived. I've Lied, relevant to the upcoming federal election, I'm sure. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks.